the last word on Today FM with Matt Cooper. Now, our guest today for the Culture Club is an Olympic gold medalist. You may remember that fantastic day in 1992 when Michael Carus won the welterweight gold medal at the Olympics in Barcelona. And he's joining us today because he is an ambassador for Cystic Fibrosis Ireland's 65 Roses Day. Michael, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Why have you picked Cystic Fibrosis as a charity to support, Michael? It's a charity I've been with a couple of years. Everybody, I think, in Ireland knows somebody who's, who suffers with uh, cystic fibrosis. And it was one of those illnesses that, I, you know, it's it's per population where the, where the most in the world that have it. There's over 1,400 cases over here in Ireland. And it was just one of those, you know, you take breeding for granted so much in life, you know, and these poor people who suffer from, from CF, you know, uh, every breath is... Is, is priceless to them in that regard. So I just I decided, it was actually myself and Alan Brogan were in Co Park one day and we were doing the promotion for this cycle that was going on that year from Alan Head to Mizzenhead. And I said to him, do you not feel like an imposter? I said to him, he said, why? He said, here we are getting a picture taken, but we're not doing the cycle. And he says, oh, no, Mickey <laughs> says, oh, I'm busy, I'm so busy. So basically, I said, well, I'm going to go on the next cycle, I said, so which I did, which was the following year. And I, I learned how to cycle again. I hadn't been on a bike since I was 18 years old. And I, uh, fortunately, uh, Eurocycle sponsored me a bike as well, which was, was great. And then I met a lot of good people from Minute who were, on the, who were doing the uh, cycle. And this is where it really all started. And it's gone from strength to strength. I then organized boxing programs for them as well in the sense that we, you know, I wanted to be part of that 65 hours challenge. I said, what can you do? And I said, well, I can fight for 65 minutes, which sounds a bit crazy, but it's handicapped that I was fighting. Say, for instance, you, Matt, you wanted to go against me. It cost you 50 euro, <laughs> which would go, go to the charity. And you do one minute round against me in the National Boxing Stadium. And then I get a minute break, and then the next person comes in. And again and again and again. So I've done it for the first year, and I think we raised just over... Uh, 12,000 euro and I said to myself I'm never doing that again I said because I was in bits after and um, (laughs) because there was a few people trying to take my head off if you get the expression so uh, oh sure I I could imagine I'd imagine there are some people Michael who would love the idea that they could put down the Olympic gold medalist absolutely so I decided that I was going to get a bit of help the second year so I brought in a few uh, a few of my friends so Andy Lee world champion John Joe Nevin, uh, every has won every medal in, in, in amateur boxing. Paddy Barnes, twice an Olympian, twice medalist, and Commonwealth champion. And of course, um, um, Kenneth Egan, European, or sorry, European bronze medalist twice and silver medal in the Olympics. So I said, that's good backup. I said, you know what I mean. So uh, we then we we doubled our, our intake the next year. I think we we raised twenty six thousand from it. So it was a busy year, year the year before last because last year obviously the cycle was cancelled and the boxing had to be cancelled because of of this pandemic that's going on and, at and the moment. So, what people uh, have been asked to do now is to donate online at sixty five rosesday.ie or by taking exactly. part in the 65 Roses Challenge. And the uh, 65 Roses Day collections are on Friday the 9th of yeah. April. You, you've given us a great yeah, exactly. rota of boxers there, uh, Michael, that other successful yeah. like yourself fighting for Ireland, fighting in Olympics are in the programme. I'm very interested and delighted to see that when we asked you for the Culture Club to make your nominations, I'm going to go to favourite movie. And it would have been sort of almost cliched for you to have gone for a boxing movie, but you didn't. Yeah. I was wondering why no. you didn't go for any boxing movies. 
I, to be honest, I, I, I'm not a real fan of, of boxing movies because I'm a big critic, you know what I mean? And even when you watch the Rocky movies, uh, the Rocky boxing and things like that, uh, it was terrible footwork. It was terrible throwing punches from where they're throwing them from. You, you wouldn't do it in a boxing ring. I think, I think the best boxing movie I ever seen was Jake LaMotta, The Raging Bull, if you remember that one, Matt. And, yeah, Robert um, De Niro. Because it struck me, Michael, that it, what really ruins a lot of these boxing movies is the idea that a champion is suddenly defensive for about 10 punches in a row to his body, yeah. to his head, doesn't knock yeah. him down and suddenly hits, hits 10 in a row back. The type of thing yeah, that yeah. never happens in a fight. No, and you, and you, if you looked at the punishment uh, Rocky took in, in some of his fights, uh, it's not realistic. You, you, you'd be out of, the, you'd be out of the, the ring at that stage, basically. You know what I mean? So it's... Uh, yeah. it was, but don't, don't get me wrong, I did like the movies, but the movie I chose, as you, as you know, uh, it, it, there's a bit of, there's a, a lot of fighting in it, you know what I mean? But it's different fighting. So, uh, but it, it is, was, I it's... always went, it's a kind of movie when I, I come in, I've, I've, I turn the television on and it was on, I'd watch the end of it again. You know, I just keep watching it. You know, it's, I, I call it, I call it stupid TV. You've seen it before. Why are you watching it again? You know, so, yeah. It's just one of those movies I love, uh, Gladiator. Well, <laughs> so. that movie, and we're going to play a clip from it, is Gladiator from the year 2000. And this is Russell Crowe's Maximus revealing his true identity and giving one of the most remembered speeches, I think, in the history of movies. Your fame is well-deserved, Spaniard. I don't think there's ever been a gladiator to match you. As for this young man, he insists you are Hector Reborn. What's it, Hercules? Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! You will remove your helmet and tell me your name. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Gladiator with Russell Crowe. Doesn't get much better than that now, does it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go through some of the other things that you've nominated for us. And I want to go to gig because I'm interested in the best gig and how yeah. you actually ended up in Cork in 1988 seeing Michael Jackson because... You, where where had you been before you went to Cork? We were actually in Kerry. We were getting ready for the Olympic Games. Uh, we were in training camp in Kerry. And all of a sudden, they got tickets. Billy Walsh was on the team with me. Kieran Joyce, Joe Lawler, Roy Nash, Wayne McCullough. So what we decided was we, we told all the, the girlfriends and partners that we, we had tickets for the Michael Jackson concert. And, and uh, you just have to make your way down as we had to make our way from Kerry. And... Fortunately enough, Nicholas let us go out to the concert. Nicholas was our coach, Nicholas Cruz, because he said, you know the rules. There's no alcohol. There's no eating stupid stuff and all that. We were getting ready and we were a couple of weeks away from going to the Olympic Games in 1988. So they let us go. Kieran Joyce and with two cars, we drove up in the two cars and we got to Parky Creek. We met up with the girls. We watched the concert and it was a fantastic concert. There's no question about it. It's the best I've ever seen. And it was Michael Jackson in his prime. And uh, I think Kim Wilde was the, um, she was the starter. She remember the other way they had the starters <laughs> right. as well. She, so I always remember her as well. How could you forget her? We had a great night. And then we, we drove back to Kerry. They drove back to Dublin or Belfast or wherever they went there, Wexford. And um, 
a show I'll never, ever forget. Did you all behave yourselves when you were given that little bit of freedom so close to the Seoul Olympics? Did you all actually behave yourself? You could admit it now this many years later if you didn't. Well, no, honestly, we did because we were up at six o'clock the next morning to go on a, ten, a seven mile run. So if you, don't, <laughs> if, you misbehave, if you misbehave yourself, you're going to be found out the next morning. But let's hear a little bit from that 1988 Michael Jackson concert in Cork from the Bad Tour. This has got to be starting something. <laughs> Michael Jackson. I see, though, you have for your favourite album, uh, Prince's Purple Rain album from 1984. Yeah. Uh, why yeah. have you gone for Prince? I The minute I seen Prince, you know, and there was a, I was a rivalry with there, and you're talking about Michael Jackson and, and um, Prince. There was always a kind of rivalry there between the two of them. He, he was just a kind of rebel, his, his videos, the way he, he went about it. He was a fantastic dancer. He was a professional dancer before he got into singing. And every one of his songs, like I could have picked any one of his songs uh, today, uh, to, you know, but, you know, I, I chose the one I, I liked the most. And it was, it was just, he was... The I man I seen Prince, as you said, he is fantastic, unreal, and he was he was like a Michael Jackson. You know, you you look at the two of them, and two of the best entertainers, dancers, singers, whatever you want to put them, and it was a phenomenal era. That did I, you ever see him live? Because he was phenomenal no, in live. Oh no, actually never. Yeah, I never got the chance to go live to any of his concerts. So it was, uh, but he was one of my favorites. And Purple Rain is an absolutely brilliant album. You know, so, and what's um, the, and what's the track you'd like us to play a bit of? When Doves Cry. Let's hear it. Okay, we asked you to pick out first single as well, and you couldn't remember which one it was, so we've actually got a little bit of both of them. But it actually really emphasizes that we are of much of the same age. I think we're about a year apart from each other. <laughs> okay. uh, because you've you've picked out the specials and madness. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your how you got into them. Come here, we were all either ska heads or we were madness or we were special heads. We all we all <laughs> we all wore the Harrington jackets and the and the Crombie jackets, and it was an era of unbelievable music 
you know, when you when you put those two together, you madness and you had the specials. But remember, you had UB40 as well, and they were yeah. you. I, I loved UB40. Like the songs they came out were just unreal. So I I think I was privileged from what I, I grew up with in the sense of songs. And you know, I I, I can't I still I asked me two triple brothers Martin and William uh, at saying what was our first song we 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 bought? What was the first and it was between those two. It was either that one or that one, you know. So I'm gonna let you introduce. <laughs> <it>. Well, no, <laughs> so. we'll see if we'll see if people recognise them. They're very different tracks, but uh, very much yeah. sig- yeah. signature tunes for the specials and madness. Let's hear them. Baggy Trousers from Madness, Ghost Town from the Specials, which Michael Crude strikes me were probably the sort of the political statements of the time for teenagers. They may not have been into the politics, but they sort of got it from the lyrics of an awful lot of the music they were listening to. Absolutely. And like again, it was it was an era of such great, great music. And um, and as I said, I mentioned you will be 40 there as well. And it, it just, you know. Baggy Trousers was a super hit, and they have some cracking songs as well, Madness, but I think the specials, I just think, kind of stole I just think, even if you remember that video, I think they were driving through town, a London town, in an old car, you know, and it was a kind of bit weird it was, but it was uh, unreal of a, of a tune. And I, I, yeah. yeah. It was just, it's, you know, how can you describe the specials? You know, you, when you look at music today and all, you know, like great musicians and all that, but I just think... Those two bands, Madness and Specials, uh, who wouldn't go see them? You know, so Lots of people listening. No, I'm just one more music bit before we get to the break. And uh, you've nominated, also from that era, was this hit. Uh, you've gone for Finbar Fury and the Fury Brothers. And when you were Sweet 16, why yeah. have you picked out Finbar? Finbar is a friend of mine. Okay, So when I won the Olympic Games, Finbar was a real boxing fan. And then I... I, I you mess with those, you go, you go into those circles. You know, I met him at a, at a golf golf uh, thing one day, and we. we he loves his up. golf, doesn't he? Loves his golf, and he loves his boxing. You know, and yeah. uh, and his Gaelic football as well. Because yeah, I've met yeah. him in a fair few Dublin matches. Yeah, absolutely, and he uh, and he great knowledge of of everything we just mentioned there. So and uh, and I love Irish music. You know, all types of Irish music, but the Fjordies would probably be my favourite. Sweet Sixteen was my mother and father song. Uh, from the Fjordies, you know, with uh, uh, my ma Freddie Young, but they, they, the song was Sweet 16 in it, and we always knew it between 
we always knew what their song was. So it was, it was always a special song to all, all the 10 children that they had, you know. So uh, that's why I went for Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Let's hear a bit of it. Yeah. When first I saw the love light in your eye I thought the world held not but joy for me And even though we've drifted far apart I never dreamed but what I dreamed I love you as I've never loved before Since first I saw you on the village green Come to me in my dreams of love alone I love you as I love when you are sweet, when you are sweet. Fimbar Fury, that and the Green Fields of France, I think, were the massive hits, weren't they, from back in the late 70s? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know what? I just had a vision there of my mom and dad being 16 years old, dancing with one another there. You know, so it was uh, getting a bit. There's a bit of romance in here that I don't yeah. understand. You know what I mean? So, but it's, uh, and Finbar, Finbar actually, Finbar was in our box, our golf club a few, uh, two years ago. We were doing a, a golf class again. He came in and he, he said, he said to me, I'll, I'll be able to sing one or two songs. And three, we were on seven or eight songs later. But when he sang that song, Sweet 16, in the clubhouse, I swear you would have heard a pin drop uh, with the amount of people, just the silence you got from And everybody with their phones videoing them. And uh, I remember Clean Golf Club down in Kill. And uh, the the amount of you know people videoing it, and and even at his age now, his voice is still still the same. He's he's a, he's one of the best musicians I've ever heard. I want to actually we asked you to pick out a book, and you picked out a book which would have been one of my favourites in recent years. And uh, the author was with us talking about the book in detail. Uh, although he doesn't go too much into detail of his time on the Dublin football team, he's had an extraordinary life. You went for Philly McMahon's book, The Choice. Tell us why you picked that out. It's such a it's such a great read, you know, and really, you know, you you know the struggles that that if anybody's read the book, you know, uh, and being a, a dub, and I you know I love, I, I I would buy more sports books than I would other books, you know, and I, I, not that I ever get the time to read a book, you know what I mean, but uh, I read all of Philly's and it was, you know, what he had to grow up in in Ballymore as well, what they had and how he how he kept himself. On the right side rather than going on the wrong side of life you know and he lost his brother and you know it was such a hard time for him and and for him to you know succeed of what the thing he loved being gaa um was 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 unbelievable and, and it's a great great book and a great story and if anybody and i'm not plugging it for him but the bottom line is if you haven't read it go and get it it's a super read it is. It's a really terrific beat book. It's a really set a high bar for an awful lot of sports books, but he had the story to tell in it. Let's move yeah. on to television. And uh, we also, like we ask people to nominate their first single that they can remember buying, we ask them to tell us about their favourite television shows as a child. You've picked up one that I have to admit I'm not familiar with. Champion the Wonder Horse. What was that? 
Do you not remember Champion of the Horse? No, I do not. Champion of the Horse was a horse that, you know, he was kind of based like Lassie was. You know, Lassie the dog, you know, yeah. he solved all problems and, you know, he, he sorted people out and uh, he was like a, a sheriff, basically, a sheriff but without the sheriff on, on the back of him, you know, and he, he right. took people out of, and championed the Wonder Horse and I can't believe you can't remember Champion the Wonder Horse. There's even a song of it, wasn't it? Champion. Well, actually, we have that and I'm going to see now by playing the theme song if I remember it. Let's hear it. Champion the Wonder Horse Champion the Wonder Horse Like a streak of lightning flashing across the sky Like the swiftest arrow whizzing from a bow Like a mighty cannonball he seems to fly You'll hear about him everywhere you go The time will come when everyone will know The name of Champion the Wonder Horse Champion the Wonder Horse I know that doesn't ring a bell for me, Michael, I have to say. How old are you? Uh, I'm 54. I'm 53 and I can remember Champion the Wonder Horse. (laughs) Was it on Saturday morning or was it on after school when you came home? Saturday mornings. Were you the one getting hit to the head? Not me. Also, uh, <laughs> how can you not remember Champion the Wonder Horse? Uh, I, I was all playing sport every Saturday morning. I don't know. Like, he used to come back and Champion the Wonder Horse would be odd. You know, every 53 and 54 year old person listening to this, get on to Matt Cooper and give out from the belt. Champion the Wonder Horse. What a program. Uh, well. <laughs> okay. You've gone for your favorite TV show now as Peaky Blinders. Before we actually talk to you about it, let's play a clip in which uh, Tommy Shelby, played by Killian Murphy, and Polly Gray, played by Helen McCrory, confront the mother superior, played by Kate Dickey, about rumours that she's beating children at an orphanage funded by the Grace Shelby Institute. May I ask what this meeting is about? The Grace Shelby Foundation is the biggest single source of funding for this charitable institution, devoted to the care of the orphan girls of South Birmingham. Yeah. For which we give thanks. I have a temper similar to the one described in that report. Yet unlike you, I wait until I'm matched in size. Whose report? The testimony of children. Who have they spoken to? You'd have them only speak to God. God being their witness? That is God. None of the peaky blinders. This is Spark Hillwood and Small Heath. We're much, much closer at hand than God. And we have heard terrible things. We have, in this place, children of the worst sort. They lie as easily as breathe. You had a child half black. You made a wash with a different sow. Mr Shelby, your own sins are legend. Our sins. Our sins against the beating of children with bricks and houses. Our sins against the black child who hanged herself for fear of your temper. Funding withdrawn. All children to be taken into our own institutions. You have no say in where the children... If I come for you, and I still might yet decide to come for you, I will wear high heels so you can hear my approach on the cobblestones and have time to repent. I was going to say there, Michael Crute, the undercurrent of violence, but there's rarely an undercurrent. It's violence all the way in Peaky Blinders, really, isn't it? Uh, from start to finish, it's a, it's one of those kind of... Again, it's like you, you watch... 
episodes what you've already watched before you know it's 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 superb you know and it's based on you know family in birmingham and and the you know again it's the irish descent of it as well the the, the amount of fighting and shooting and everything it's if you're that way i'm just saying i like war movies i like action movies you know what i mean and and peaky blinders is, is an action movie in but in the series you know what i mean and yeah. i believe that I believe they're doing another another uh, take. They're they're filming the last one again, so can't wait till that comes on. You know, what I mean, because it's absolutely brilliant. It's it's one of the best programs I've ever seen in my life. You know, so the Peaky Blinders highly recommended. You have I'm a Peaky favorite Blinder, so <laughs> favorite musical or play? You uh, you love West West Side Story, I believe. Yeah, West Side Story is my favorite musical. Um, Seemingly years ago, my uncle Sylvester told me that we had a relation who was the editor of music in in uh, West Side Story, and his name was Carruth. Um, can't think. Of, I think it was Aaron Carruth. I can't think of his first name. Sorry, but um, I went to the. I watched the whole movie, which I thought was unbelievable. And I love musicals. Every every. I get into more slagging because I love musicals and I'd go see musicals rather than anything else. And uh, people say, "But you're a boxer." And I said, "Can I not like musicals?" And if they say the same, <laughs> they say the same. But you're a boxer and you play golf. Can I not play golf? You know what I mean? So why why are we always, you know, stereotyped? You know? So uh, exactly. He he. When I go, I went through all the the, the names at the end of it. There was uh, this Carew fella. You know. So I I think my uncle Sylvester was right, and uh, my family were always slagging me about it. And there's a name Carew on the edits of of uh, West Side Story, and uh, it's it's. I only watched it again a few nights ago. Paula and Leah, my my daughter Leah and Paula, my wife. You know, I I was watching it, and they said, "Come on, turn it off. We're watching another movie." You know, so I I just kept watching it, and you know, but when you you think of some of the, the songs in it as well, it's it's. Well, actually, I'm told I'm told the Carruth West Side Story is a Richard Carruth. There can't Richard be that many Carruths yeah. around, so I'd say you have a yeah. fairly good shot of it able to claim as a relative. There you go. So yeah, Richard Carew couldn't think of it, and yeah, and they're saying and Carruthy, as you say, is not yeah. It's a name that you know originated from Norway, moved to Scotland, moved to the north of Ireland, moved to the south of Ireland, and you don't see too many Carruths about, you know. So in that regard, although I, I do come from a, a large family, being one of ten children, uh, but when I seen his name and I said, "Genie, maybe my uncle Sylvester wasn't telling him what was in the world. You know what I mean? And, and I, I let's hear the- let's hear a little bit from the West Side Story. This is the Jet song. When you're a jet, you're a top cat in town. You're a gold medal kid with a heavyweight crown. When you're a jet, you're the swing and a sling. Little boy, you're a man. Little man, you're a king. The jets are in gear. A cylinder's a clinking. The shots are still clear. Cause every Puerto Rican's a lousy chick. Just like a bat, how the hell someone gets in our way, someone don't feel so well. Here come the jets, little world, slap the sky, better go underground, better run, better hide. We're drawing a line, so keep your noses hidden. We're hanging a sign, the visitor's forbidden, and we ain't kidding. Here come the jets, yeah, and we're gonna beat every last bugging gang on the whole bugging street, on the whole bugging Well, there was a boxing reference in there as well, Michael Carruth, in that, that clip. As well. but my, my favorite song is I'm So Pretty in that one, you know. So, but there you go. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, you got the gold medal boy. Yeah, so uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, again, I, I'd watch it from start to finish again if, if I could. You know, straight away. Or I have it on Netflix in there, and I, I just, uh, I no problem doing it again. Watching it, it's a super movie. We're, we're out of time. Michael Crew, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. And I want to make reference again to the 65 Roses Day, the challenge to raise funds for Cystic Fibrosis Ireland, which Michael Crew, our former Olympic gold medalist boxer, is supporting. That's on the 9th of April. And you can find out details at 65rosesday.ie. Thanks, Michael. The last word with Matt Cooper. Listen live on air from 4.30 weekdays on Today FM.